listening and learning about all the skills and tools you can use and do to help better your time management, I really found myself applying those things to my classes and actually seeing success out of it. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So welcome to Learning Unboxed. Uh, we're continuing with our conversations about middle college and uh, the advantages, the disadvantages, the awesomeness, the pains as it relates to creating new and innovative programs and transformative education uh, across the nation and around the world. And I'm really excited to get to spend time today actually on site at the Matsu Middle College in Matsu, Alaska. So um, I'm very excited to have three guests with me today. Uh, Greg Geok, who's a principal teacher at Matsu Middle College. Uh, so thank you for joining us, Greg. Thank you. Um, and also joining um, our two students, Kaylee Darty, who is an 11th grader. Also joining us is 11th grader Isabella Cerro. And so we're excited to have all three of you here. So thank you very much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having us. So I want to start with just a little bit of context, Greg. So middle college, why why did the Matsu district say we want middle college as opposed to acceleration or an early college or the variety of advanced post-secondary programs? So why middle college? Matsu Borough School District offers a wide variety of school choice. Uh, and there was some, uh, there is advanced programs, uh, but in almost all the comprehensive high schools, there are multiple AP courses. Uh, as well as concurrent enrollment. Uh, they have articulated agreements with the University of Alaska uh, Anchorage. And, but, but it is part of the natural progression. The school district has looked at uh, what other states and what other districts uh, around the nation have done. And so the middle college is the next step, next evolution in the concept. Uh, not only does this allow our students to uh, start taking college classes like they have done in the past, but now we're going to add additional support and really help those students take that next step and jump ahead. Uh, so with, with that, we have a middle college program with staff. We offer support, guidance, um, as well as offering uh, help with textbooks. Uh, in previous iterations, students would start and they basically were on their own. Mm -hmm. And uh, so in order to increase the credit load for students, we definitely want to make sure that we also had in place those supports to ensure that our students were successful. And there, the, the middle college model and its iterations across the country, and it exists in a number of different places, they're all slightly different. And, and whether it be middle college or early college or some of the other programs, um, the successful ones um, are successful in part because they're able to, uh, to customize and, and to tweak whatever the traditional model is to make it fit the local community. So that's a key piece to it. So, um, Isabella, let's, let's start really quickly with you. Why did you choose to be in the middle college as opposed to one of those other options um, that were available to you in, your, in the school district? Uh, I chose to be in the middle college because I knew that by making this choice, it was going to better prepare me for college in the future. 
And being here in the first semester, I really learned my way of organization and time management and all those things that really contribute to being successful in the end. So I knew that by coming here, it would make later on college and school easier. Right. And, and Kaylee, why, why did you make the, the choice for the middle college? I wanted to be able to manage my own time and see if I could do that by myself, kind of. While I do have the support of the Matsu Middle College, I liked being able to plan what I was going to do when and also getting on like actual college experience. AP classes, it's you're still at school. It's still like seven classes and you don't have a syllabus given to you about what's due when. And I liked being able to see how I would be like... Like, okay, here's a project. It's due at this time. And I either like, I'm going to like, either I'm going to do it now or I'm going to see, I just like managing my time. (laughs) You wanted to have a little bit more control. Yeah, more control. Definitely. (laughs) So, so were you, would you say, were you a great student or you a traditional student? How do you think that you, you learn best? Well, learn best, like taking notes and just being able to talk to like professors and everything. And then also... (laughs) Just like, sorry, <laughs> sorry no, no, was, yeah. no, that's all right. No, no, no. Yeah. It, it, we'll come back around with yeah. it as, as well. So Isabella, what about you? What, what, what kind of student do you think that, you know, it, some students opt into these programs because they, they, they want and need a completely different environment because the traditional setting is not working for them for a whole host of reasons. Um, some students want it because it gives them that opportunity to accelerate in a different way. If they were a great student in the old setting, they're a great student in, in the next setting. So where would you say that you sort of fit in that space? Um, as far as learning style goes, I would definitely say I'm a hands-on learner. You can tell me something over and over and over, but I'm not going to fully understand it until I've seen an example of it with my own eyes or have like done something hands-on. Um, in regular high school, I maintained good grades, but I wasn't as serious about it because I didn't feel like there was as much on the line as there is here in, with the college classes. Because if you miss more than three classes, you can be dropped from the class. If you don't pass, there's more repercussions from that than not passing a high school class. And honestly, in high school, I just didn't really care a whole lot. I just didn't really think it mattered that much. And then when I got here for the first few weeks, I still kind of had that high school view of things. And then I started to quickly realize like, okay, this is not going to work. I need to like grow up a little bit, put things into high gear and really put effort and time into the things that need to be done. So, so Greg, as, as you sort of have, have lived this experience for a number of years now. So how, how does um, what these ladies are explaining to us in terms of sort of their journey into the program, does that feel pretty typical of, of the way you have students arrive and make the choice to be here? I, I think so. Uh, one, there is no typical middle college student. There's a huge variety. Is I would say as wide a variety of, of students join us. Um, it's uh, it's an application process, right? The students have to want to be here. Mm-hmm. And, and we have students who absolutely want to be here. They're the, the, you know, the four point or four plus GPA students who've taken all the AP classes who are now like, I'm moving on to college uh, down to we accept students with a 2.0. Okay. Uh, and we have students that uh, you know start out just taking six credits, and we ease them in. Uh, we also have students who who come to us, and it's you know mostly their parents' idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some of those students, you know, they they decide it's not going to work for me, and some of them decide, hey, I like this. Uh, so 
in the aspect that both these ladies have a definitely a different story mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. how they approached it. Um, yeah, that is typical because every student we have has a slightly different approach. They're definitely a set of common uh, or frequently shared um, attributes. Uh, one that is really common is that the students are tired of the of the grind of a seven period day in a high school. Mm-hmm. Three homework assignments a week, right? There's 21, 24 assignments a week that they're working on. Um, they like to have their time and be able to manage their time a little more to themselves. They like to be able to choose whether they're going to study three hours um, from noon to three, or maybe they're going to do it from six to nine, uh, or maybe they do it when they wake up mm-hmm. um, and they can self-select a, a schedule that is appropriate for them and their learning style. The uh, And the other one is, uh, and really we, we hear this commonly, is in our comprehensive high schools, the brick and mortar buildings, um, you know, the hallways are, are packed, the schools are full, uh, and there's lots of things that are happening, both positive and, and negative. And, and the students really, most of them don't miss that. Um, they, they like this aspect, um, you know, our middle college program is, is definitely different. We don't offer that, that interaction. And that is definitely something that, that some students, and they choose to go back to their home high school. uh, Those are the kind of things that they're missing. Uh, and they decide, yeah, I, I miss out on that, that large community interaction within a building. Uh, so, and that is when a student leaves, that's a frequently noted as we do an exit interview, Mm -hmm. frequently noted, uh, reason. Right. And so one of the things that I think that the, the map Sioux model in particular does um, very, very well. I love the, um, the seminar aspect that has been developed here. You know, we, we see lots of these programs get launched around the country. Some of them successful, some of them partially successful, some of them very successful, um, and some of them that flounder and don't survive. And typically, when you start to dig into the reasons behind either the success or the failures, right, um, the, one of the commonalities is the support structures that are in place. At the end of the day, um, you know, looking at our, 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 two, our two high school uh, students, our college students here, oftentimes it's based on how much support that you get. You are, after all, 16, 17, some students, you know, just turning 18 years old. Um, and so uh, you, you don't necessarily have a tremendous amount of life experience. And so having support is going to be a key factor. So tell me a little bit, and anybody can jump in right here. The, the seminar structure is intended to make sure that you make it through your coursework successfully with fidelity, but also with gaining and growing skills. So what, what's the secret in that sauce? I would say that for me, seminar, I look at it as more of a study hall with a teacher or Mr. Gioke as our principal teacher. We're there and we can work on what we need to. And if we need help, they're always there for our help. And one of the things that I've really noticed and enjoyed about the middle college is the level of support we have on the high school side of things because our college professors they're there and they're they're making sure we're just keeping our heads above the water and we're doing good and stuff and our advisors are amazing with that too but at the end of the day it's our people in the high school side who are hey how are you doing in this class you know I saw this grade is there anything we can do to help you they're just always there making sure that we're doing good and we're on the best track possible to getting the best grade we can in that class. You want to add to that? 
No, I think Isabella summed it up pretty well. Yeah, it's it's really great to just come in here and be able and know that you have teachers there to help you, whether it's with your like essay or your final project, or if you want to talk to the counselor, Mrs. Langhoff, about colleges or SAT and ACT, because you still have to think about that too. And and just yeah, it's the support here is really great. Yeah, it's really nice to have that. <clears throat> One intentional portion of our seminar is that we don't add additional work. Mm-hmm. Um, students will get a credit for it or half credit, excuse me. And it's it's pass fail, uh, but we don't add additional work. So and we're are they getting high school credit or college? They're getting high school credit. High for school that. credit for that. Okay. Yeah, so it's a, a basically a GER. Right. And part of the way we operate seminar is that each student is there and uh, it's an ILP, an individualized learning plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and students may choose to work and use it like a study hall. Um, if they need help, we will be there to help them. Uh, at times, it's part tutoring. Um, other times, uh, depending on the seminar, our math seminar is a little different than our literature seminar or our social studies seminar. Um, in math seminar, we talk a little bit about uh, topics of, of uh, goal, uh, goal planning, uh, financial literacy, uh, stress, stress management, um, intrinsic, extrinsic motivations. You know, we kind of have a weekly topic that we will address for 12 weeks of the semester uh, to help our students grow. Uh, and so part of part of that process is to uh, not just have it where in, in math seminar, we have a tendency that students will just want to come in and do their math homework. So we have a little of the expectation of there's not a homework, but we're going to learn some new things. And, and hopefully students will be able to take tidbits of that information and, and grow as a student and grow as a person. And how does that translate for the student from the seminar class and the opportunity to have that back end, really a, a lot of support, and then stepping into the traditional collegiate classroom? How do you how do you carry the experience of the support over here back into the everyday of working in the college classes and interacting both with the other students, a lot of non-trads? Um, you know, that's one of the other beautiful things about the program here is you are not in a college class with just high school kids. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There are grown adults in there. I was in a class yeah. last semester with a lady who was 70 years old going back to get her nursing degree. And being a high school student, I was like, that is quite an age gap. That's pretty <laughs> amazing for her, honestly, that she would do that. That is actually yeah. quite amazing at that point in life, but 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 awesome lifelong learner there, right? Yes. Yeah. So, but again, let me come back around and, and ask my question again. So d- does, does the time that you spend in that supportive structure with the seminar, does it play out specifically for you in your collegiate classes? Are you more confident? Do you feel like you're able to ask questions or direct kinds of questions? Where, where do you, where's the gain in that? For me personally, um, I remember a lesson specifically on time management and after listening and learning about all the skills and tools you can use and do to help better your time management, I really found myself applying those things to my classes and actually seeing success out of it. And just even though sometimes you already know what they're teaching you, just going more in depth or just talking about it again, getting into your head, it really kind of makes you realize what you need to work on for you or what you can apply. and. I think that the, the things that we learn in seminar are definitely things that I could take and use in an everyday life. Yeah, seminar definitely helped me be more confident. And with, um, I had, because it's, seminar is only required for your first semester for um, English, mm-hmm. it's, or writing, it's your first semester. And so that helped me kind of 
like plan what time I needed to take in the day to study and like write that essay in that paper and do that reading for that class. And so it's made me more confident. It's also helped me with my planning and time management. Well, adding on to what you said, it is nice that when you're working on an essay, it's nice to know that eventually you have a set time that you'll have a teacher there. So if you have any questions, you need help on something, you don't have to try to fit it into your schedule or even their schedule. You have a designated set time for that help. And that's really nice. You have a moment that you can count on. You do, exactly. It's already planned and fit into your schedule. That's a pretty powerful thing. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we try to build with our students um, with seminar is to develop study groups with other students uh, and to use office hours for the professors and use the tutoring and learning centers uh, as well as library staff. Uh, And so hopefully part of seminar helps, helps our students understand and become comfortable Uh, and willing to go out and seek some of those other uh, resources out that are on the college side. Uh, I I really feel like a lot of times students may know that those resources are there, but they're hesitant to uh, reach out. They're hesitant to explore their options. Just like anyone is, we're always worried about failure. Mm -hmm. And we're always worried about what we don't know. And so seminar, I really think, helps bridge that gap. I know in particular in math and the sciences that I'm always having conversations with my students about study groups. Mm -hmm. What constitutes a good study group, usually just size-wise, and and how to have a a good study group and how to seek somebody out and uh, start that conversation about, hey, are we available? Can we study? Mm -hmm. So, Greg, wearing your teacher hat, not your principal hat Mm -hmm. in this case, because we're going to talk about the other piece um, uh, later. So how is it that as you structure the support that you know that these students need to be successful in that post-secondary, how how do you figure out and and work through that as it relates to, um, you know, the faculty on the other side of the equation? So, so much of success in any type of innovative program like this is around how the partnership itself functions. So when we first uh, moved from this campus, from from our previous campus, we had meetings with the uh, faculty coordinators, basically their department chairs, uh, both in math and in the writing department, English department. Uh, and those are those are the two um, entry points to yeah, the program, correct? So yes, just for our listeners. Yes, right? yeah, the, the two entry points. Students must test in college ready on one or, or the other. Right. And so we we met with those faculty. Uh, that faculty and had conversations about here's what we've been doing. Here's what seminar looks like. Uh, and to get a little bit of their feedback and to let them know and make them aware. Uh, we've continued to have meetings. We also have a, um, basically it's a uni- the full-time faculty meeting. They have a meeting uh, bi-monthly and uh, we go and we, we listen to faculty and we talk to them. Um, and it's because there is a academic, a lot of academic freedom on a college campus. There is a degree of separation. Uh, So the the biggest part there is really trying to open up channels of communication and really share with faculty uh, what it is we want to do and and what our goal is. Uh, And and to get some feedback from them. Um, It can be a challenge because our our students are not identified as middle college students on campus. So unless they self-identify, students or faculty may not know that a student is one of ours. Uh, so you know, that complicates the communication, it has to mm-hmm. go through student services and so mm-hmm. forth. And so that just makes change a little bit slower. But I will say we are very fluid and we work really hard to make improvements uh, as needed. 
Uh, and we're always looking to make improvements. What can we do to make the experience better? Uh, we try different things out. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, right? Um, right? We go back, okay, this, we'll make adjustments here. Right. And that's one of the things that I also consistently see across these programs that oftentimes, especially when programs are new, there's a hesitance on the part of the post-secondary, oftentimes more than the K-12, around this this sort of integrated piece. And what does that mean for me? And what does that look like? Because it doesn't fit within the bounds of what my expectations were even opting into to, uh, to being um, in that space um, as a professor or whatnot. So as you, as you sort of structure and, and think about the, the benefits, where, where, where are the lessons learned? Uh, I guess that's the other thing. I always like to, the folks that are listening to this program are contemplating taking on and doing innovative ideas, or they're already doing a lot of innovative ideas and they're looking for the next iteration or pieces that they can steal or, or borrow or appropriate. And I, I advocate for all of those things, right? If you find something that's really awesome, grab a hold of that and see if you can make it work for you. So from each of you, so, so what, what, what is the big sort of lesson learned? If, you know, if there's a teacher or a school out there thinking about as a K-12 that we're going to do this middle college thing, as a student who's, who's participating in program, what would you want them to know? White piece of paper. We're, we're, we're starting from scratch here. What would you, by design, want somebody to know? You can just hop in, anybody. Same for you, Greg, because yeah. there, there's a there's a there's an administrative and teacher side. Mm-hmm. If you had to do it again, and it's not necessarily that these are things because you would do it differently, but it's, it's largely because you you have experience. So I think for us, the big one is our orientation. Uh, we have a required orientation prior to college classes starting, and it is really where we do our professional development for our students. Mm-hmm. Uh, my we work with the college to come up with some really meaningful and worthy sessions uh, for the students, as well as large group sessions. Um, and, you know, there are some things there that I know the students probably think eh, it's, it is what it is, but you know, we do Title IX training. It's mm-hmm. not the most exciting, but it is a requirement. Right. And now the students aren't required to do it on their own because we cover that. Uh, we also have, uh, there is an, another financial literacy piece. We work with a local credit union. We also have, uh, as our incoming juniors, we talk to them about, okay, here's how you use your mm-hmm. uh, UA. ID and your UA login. Here's how you access the system. Here's how you can look and get an unofficial transcript. Uh, here's how you access the library. Here's how you print. Um, all those nuts and bolts things that students learn in a comprehensive high school um, in the regular classroom, they don't necessarily get that on a big campus. Right. There's an expectation that you would know how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it, we are we are a very large school district. We're the size of Delaware. We have schools that are, we have we have schools that you know high schools that have over a, you know have twelve hundred students, and we other have other schools that are a K twelve combined, and they're under two hundred. Mm-hmm. So we have a wide variety of technological issues, um, and that's just one thing that we address. Well, we also do some team building. What's how we get to know the students, and they get to know us. Uh, so I really believe that having three or four days of orientation. Uh, with our students uh, integrated with both the high school staff and the college staff and the college advisors is really beneficial. And, and we've learned and, and we take feedback, basically exit interviews from the students of, hey, what did you like? What did you not like? And we try to make that different. So our juniors, incoming students have different sessions than our continuing students uh, who are seniors, uh, just so that we're teaching them some new things. Um, we will meet with the seniors and talk about college application process and the deadlines that are going to follow the following year. 
So that is a to me the orientation week is really a num- our number one tool, and that's when we first meet our students, and that's how we're, we're setting the tone with our students of here's what our expectations are, uh, and here's what we're about, and we want to make sure that you are successful. And so, just to clarify for our listeners um, that you didn't hear him wrong, the the district is in fact the size of the state of Delaware, not not some random county in the state you might be sitting in called Delaware. Let's be really clear. (laughs) Geography in Alaska is vast, and it's one of the hurdles that you're trying to overcome utilizing middle college to provide opportunity for students in a variety of different ways. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the the geography here is is epic. I I tell folks Alaska is bigger than Texas. It Texas is. doesn't yeah. like to hear that, but yeah. we are. But it, but it's true, and so it comes with this whole host of, host of other things that you're trying to address. So um so so what so what about for, from your perspective, what 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 is the the big the big win the thing that you want somebody to know who is contemplating doing this? The thing that I would say is to. Be in touch with your students. And by that, I mean, hear uh, our counselor, our principal, even uh, teachers and another person who works here, Miss Gim. She I don't know her role as a teacher. I'm sorry. Um, they have they're connected with us through Remind. So if there are important deadlines coming up, even fun activities or tests or just anything a student would need to know, they always let us know. Every day I get at least two remind messages and it's not annoying. It's it's nice that we can still get a hold of our teachers and they can still get a hold of us to let us know about things like that and to make sure that we're keeping in touch. Even if we don't see them every day, we're still keeping in touch with them. And I think that's important. That is that was kind of like what, along the same lines, just like communication and then like letting students know that it's OK if you're not doing well in a in a like a class that like you just have to work at it and like just communicating that it's not the same as high school. It's college. It's different. And to and teaching kids how to readjust to that if it fits for them, but then letting them know like, hey, if this isn't working for you, that's OK. You can you can rearrange, you can mm-hmm. adjust, you can you can stop doing this program. Like just communication in general is really important. Mm-hmm. So Kaylee, what's next for you? What, what happens after you've completed um, middle college and high school? What, what are you contemplating? Um, hopefully college on the West Coast somewhere. I really want to go to Western Washington <laughs> University or um, Hamline University in Minnesota, just um, looking at colleges. I'm not really sure what I want to do yet, but I'm narrowing that down. And that's middle college is really helpful for that too, is that like I can explore without feeling super hesitant about things. Like like um, I really like my writing classes are really interesting and my history class was amazing. And then um, my cultural anthropology classes are that professor, I could gush about that professor forever. I really love that class so much. And it's just, it's really awesome to be able to explore and know what I'm good at and what I need to work on more in a college setting. Like biology really had a tough, had a really hard time in biology. So I know that that I need to work on that now and everything like that. So that opportunity to explore. I know what you're passionate about. So like, I wouldn't be able to do that in high school. Like an AP class wouldn't really give that to me because I'd be, it'd be seven classes, five days a week. And it's a lot. And it's doesn't give me enough time to think in my, just in my personal experience. Yeah. Just like, Isabella, what what, what are you thinking? Um, After the middle college, I definitely want to continue 
to finish college and get my ba- my bachelor's. Uh, since being at the middle college, I have taken I'm taking one history course. I'm in another right now. And in high school, I took an AP history course. I didn't mm-hmm. do so well in it just based on the teaching style is not my learning style. So mm-hmm. I just didn't do well in that. Now this teacher are teaching and learning styles have, are obviously pretty similar. So I have really learned this year that I love history. I want to do something in my life history related because I know the way I feel when I'm t- when somebody's teaching me history. I'm like, oh, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. I want to give that to somebody else. So I want to finish my bachelor's and then go somewhere for a master's degree and just do something that doesn't feel like work. <laughs> Love what you, yeah. well, you, you. You'll notice I didn't ask you what you want to. What do you? What do you want to be or, or whatnot? You know, be really shy mm-hmm. away from that. You know, one of the things that I truly love about these programs is exactly what you articulated that you had the chance to try stuff and to discover that you liked something that you might not have traditionally stumbled upon so early in your life that and could be a lifelong passion. Yeah, exactly. And to be perfectly honest with you, before coming to the middle college, I was very afraid. Honestly, like okay this is so new. This is not like regular high school. I really have to adapt and change a lot of things. But after orientation week, I felt like I really had a good grasp of what this program was about. And I, from there on out, I have loved every moment of it. Like I really enjoy school. And as a student, that almost feels weird to say, you know, because usually when you talk to somebody who's in school, it's like, oh, do you like school? And it's no, but now I'm one of those people who's like, yes, I love school. If I could not go every day, but <laughs> if I could be there as much as possible, I would. Cause I feel like the things that I'm learning are things that I can apply to my everyday life. It doesn't just feel like busy work that you might get in high school, you know? Yeah. Seriously. That was my biggest problem with high school. Just regular high school was just the busy work. And it's like, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was just like chipping away at the same block every day. And it's not, didn't really feel very meaningful. And I kind of lost, like, I didn't take it as seriously. Now I'm here and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm in college. I have to, I have to do, it matters. It matters a lot. And yeah. And just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and being here, I've noticed that I've matured a lot. I know that in high school, you think you're all that in a bag of chips until you get to the next grade and realize that you're not. But coming into college, I was my, it was very eye-opening realizing that, wow, I am extremely immature compared to these people. And I think it's really being in the college classes, it's changed my way of thinking. It has opened my mind into new places I'm going to say that I didn't really know were even there. And learning is fun. Learning is fun. And I really enjoy it. That's awesome. So, so Greg, you couldn't have gotten um, more ringing endorsements. (laughs) So, so there has to be a point of pride in all of this. No, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, so I'm not going to lie. I'm going to throw the young ladies under the bus a little bit. (laughs) I picked two young ladies who have not had you know, it hasn't been a bag of chips for him. No, it has no, it is, it been a <laughs> no. challenge. And I told them, I want you to be honest, like share the good, the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I honestly believe that's how we learn. And, and one thing that that myself and, and the staff here and I've reiterated it over and over is we're not afraid to fail. Right. And we learn from our failures. And we tell the kids that all the time. 
We also tell them, if this is not for you, it's okay. We will help you go back to the environment where you came from, um, if that's where you want to go. And we won't because we want you to be successful. Uh, we really are, our, you know, my personal mantra, it's what's, be- what's best for kids. Um, and we, we offer what we have here. And, uh, and it's an amazing program. But it's not ne- definitely not necessarily for all students. And so, yeah, I, I, I really, I, I commend them both. Um, because it hasn't always been easy for them and I've seen them grow and it's uh, all of our students as they grow, as they face challenges, sometimes they are successful and it brings pride. Sometimes they struggle. I'm still prideful, right. but you know, I like to, like I say, we, you know, we, we pick them up, we dust them off and we, all right, let's start over. Now we have a new plan mm-hmm. and, and let's go. Uh, and so we try to help our students understand that life happens and that we need to be adaptable. And so uh, I really, I do appreciate the endorsement from the young ladies. Um, it, it's really on the students. They're the ones that are doing all the hard work. Um, we're just offering a little bit of guidance here and there for them. What's, what, what's your parting shot? So that, that principal out there saying, I want middle college. I would, my, my parting shot with that is, uh, you know, go for it. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, you're going to need to be able to be flexible. Um, and as educators, you know, we're faced with thousands of decisions a day. Uh, and this program is, is like that. There's things that you won't be able to control. And uh, at times that can be frustrating, but you roll with the punches. You do what you have to do. And uh, it definitely fits that niche for a, a specific group of students. It's an amazing program. I, I've been thrilled to be able to to watch it um, um, over the last year or so that I've been up working um, with the university on this middle college um, program and project and um, so, so many lessons to be learned. So I want to thank all of you for taking time out of your day and sharing with us. And for our listeners, we'll be posting um, all kinds of information about this program in particular. But I want to thank you all for uh, spending a little time Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education. Education.